Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Have You Seen That with T. I'm your host, T, and here we are, episode 25. I can't think of any significant athlete uh, to tie this episode to, but we're going to get to it anyway. So we're at a quarter of a century right now of episodes. Uh, we're, uh, you know, one-fourth of the way to a hundred, and... Yeah, it was a rough week of movie going. Lightyear came out yesterday, um, and I wasn't really excited to see it. Neither was my daughter, so we just kind of skipped that one. Um, but I did, you know, stay at home and watch a few movies. And what I've realized is over the last year, um, especially since I started working again, I haven't really watched too many movies I uh, haven't really watched too many uh, movies. I've been wa- been watching a lot of series. I'm trying to catch up on This Is Us. I've watched The Staircase. I've been watching, you know, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Miss Marvel, The Boys is Back. Like, there are a lot of series I've uh, that I've been, you know, trying to watch. A lot of documentaries I've watched as well, um, which is kind of not my thing, but, uh, you know, with a lot of the time off that I had, me and my wife watched a lot of documentaries together. Uh, so I need to get back to watching some of these movies at home. There's a lot of movies I need to catch up with uh, for the year 2022 because this episode, I'm, you know, dropping my top 10 movies of uh, the year 22 so far. We are officially literally at the halfway point of the year, you know, we're midway through June, um, you know, sixth month of the year. We got six more months. There are a lot of movies coming up on the horizon that could enter the top 10 list of 2022, um, you know, by the end of things. But, you know, I've put together a list of 10 movies uh, that I enjoyed the most of the year 2022 so far. Um, we've had some good ones. We've had some clunkers, you know, uh, for some reason they've, they, you know, decided to re-release Morbius into the theaters. Like not exactly sure why I heard it was because of a meme, like the meme, uh, it's Morbin time game steam. And the idiots at Sony didn't realize that that was kind of joking at Morbius, not like more people wanted to go see it. Um, that's kind of embarrassing. That, that's kind of an embarrassing uh, uh, thing to have or thing to do. Uh, speaking also of embarrassments, before I begin, you know, I have a few movies to review this week. Uh, I want to talk about The State of the Flash. The movie The Flash, Ezra Miller, um, has apparently disappeared in the last few weeks. Like, I don't really keep up with news, but for some reason, this one has got me. We all know the Amber Heard, you know, uh, saga, her and Johnny Depp really don't care about that. Never watched any of the courtroom drama. Uh, I just thought it was like two beautiful people who were toxic, um, you know, claiming the other one was toxic. Uh, but, you know, uh, I've, I've heard a lot of rumors and reports that they've cut out all of, you know, Mara's scenes uh, in Aquaman 2, which kind of would lead me to believe maybe they wrote it knowing that that you know uh the implications of what was going on with her but instead of recasting they just diminished her role that that was one room i heard um and another one was i heard they've just cut out all of her scenes which would uh make the movie kind of incomplete depending on how it's written right because we all know like thor um they just infamous infamously wrote Natalie Portman out of the dark world because she didn't want to be part of the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe anymore, at least from what I what I knew of the story. Um, so, you know, it's not out of the realm of, of uh, you know, craziness for them to just kind of just delete her scenes. Uh, but she did play a real big part in part one. Um, but of course, you know, there's always room to move on in the story. Um, you know, when it comes to relationships between two people, uh, which leads me to, uh, you know, come to the flash, right? Ezra Miller has been on a tear this last, you know, year. 
uh, ever since, you know, I, I guess they wrapped up filming The Flash uh, either late last year or early this year. And he is going on, you know, he's been arrested twice, um, you know, assaulting women. Uh, now they say he's like groomed a young girl uh, since the age of 12. Uh, now she's 18 and they've like apparently disappeared together. Um, my, like, I implore uh, whoever, whoever, Warner Brothers, uh, whoever's going to release this Flash movie to not. Like, don't really, like, Ezra Miller has become, like, uh, almost this, it, it is, it is like, man, uh, this kid has become the poster boy for dysfunctionality. Um, and when they release the movie, everybody's going to pan it. Um, I'm trying to think of a, an instance, uh, the West Side Story, you know, Ansel Edge. Edgord or whatever his name was, you know, he had an he had like a some type of some type of a domestic abuse case, you know, before the movie came out or something. I can't remember what it was, uh, but like people just panned that movie because he was in it. They took him out of all of the, you know, um, commercials. Uh, same thing with the uh, Death on the Nile. They took uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Hamish, or uh, I can't think, Army Hammer. There you go. They took him out of all of the commercials uh, because, you know, he had like some pending court case. And he was one of the bigger stars of the movie. Um, he was one of the main actors of the movie. And, and, uh, and you know, they, they tried to like pretty much downplay the fact that he was in a movie. I don't even think he was on like one of the main credits. You know, they had him at the very end because they didn't want people to associate the movie with him. Uh, same thing with the West Side Story. Um, but how do you do that when Ezra Miller is the star of The Flash? You know, you can do it when with uh, Amber Heard because she's not the star of Aquaman. She's not Aquaman. Uh, Ezra Miller is the Flash. Um, I know They've spent a lot of money. I've seen, like, I mean, maybe on lower budget movies, I've seen them recast. They recast uh, Kevin Spacey's role in one of his movies um, and recast the Christopher Plummer, who I think eventually got nominated for an Oscar for that movie. Um, but, you know, recasting The Flash, reshooting all, all I do understand um, the financial aspect of it because the movies are made... Um, you know, it's a business. Uh, but when they release the movie, people are going to go see The Flash. That, that Like, I, I guess they're, they're still going to make that money back. Um, but, yeah, I, I me personally, um, I'm debating. Like, that's hard. That's hard. And it has nothing to do with this podcast. But, like, I enjoy superhero movies. I enjoy The Flash. I'm, you know, watching. It's another show I binge watch is The Flash. All of those CW, all of those CW DC movies, I I really enjoy, and I always had a problem with this casting. It had nothing to do. I knew I had no idea who Ezra Miller was, uh, other than like some obscure child actor who you know played teenagers in some of his movies. He's a quirky millennial, um, but. After seeing the Justice League, after seeing the Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League, it uh, really turned me off to the whole Flash character. Uh, you know, the, the arc with him and I Iris West, um, that one scene was probably the most cringeworthy scene of any scene in any superhero movie I've ever seen. It was so bad. Like, just the one scene of him saving Iris, it was so bad. It was so weird, creepy, and like just, uh, it, it, I can't even describe it. It was just a terrible, terrible scene, um, uh, kind of giving you the backstory on who the Flash was and what he cared about, you know, his dad being in jail, uh, you know, for killing his mom or, you know, that story. We all know that story. Um of the reverse flash being the one, but the dad being uh, uh, set up for it. 
Um, and, and, and Barry Allen is supposed to be like this lovable loser who, but that's not who Barry Allen is, man. Like it, that's not even his character. It's never been his character in any, uh, any uh, of you know the comics. So reimagine that and kind of like fitting that around Ezra Miller kind of ruined it. But we're gonna move off of that. You know, that's enough of movie news, uh, especially superhero movie news. Uh, for the time being, but let's get to some reviews, right? So I watched three movies this week. Um, the first one being Hustle, and man, that was a good movie. Um, Hustle's out on Netflix, came out on Netflix last week. I finally, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch it before I, I dropped the podcast last week, uh, but I did watch it Sunday night, and I was, I, I enjoyed the movie. I'm, I, I love the game of basketball. Um, Adam Sandler puts on a good movie. He, uh, you know, he cast Queen Latifah as his wife, who was just magnetic in her role. His daughter, I'm not exactly sure, the young actress who's, who played his daughter, and she was fantastic. Um, uh, Hancho uh, Herna Gomez uh, played, played uh, you know, his basketball protege, Anthony... Uh, Anthony Edwards was fantastic as a dude named Kermit. Oh, man, it, it was just a good movie. Um, you know, if you love the game of basketball, it really it really was, you know, Adam Sandler's love letter to the game of basketball, um, you know, and perseverance and overcoming triumph and, and, you know, people making mistakes and being able to redeem themselves from those mistakes. Uh, and it was just a really good good movie had some great basketball scenes i uh, had some and one guys in there i uh, had some nba players in there and it was just it was just fantastic and and uh you know a lot of people have said adam sandler when he plays in his dramatic serious roles he's a great actor i don't see it honestly like i just see adam sandler with this terrible beard on his face like i don't know if that's his i hope it's not but it looked really bad on his face um, but that did not stop the movie from being great. Kenny Smith was in it. Uh, he did it. I mean, they just had a lot of basketball personalities, you know, in this movie. And it just was it was a good movie. Feel good movie, you know. And, uh, and the ending uh, was just fitting of, you know, how it's supposed to be. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed this movie. If you haven't seen Hustle, check it out. It is on Netflix. It's for sure worth a watch uh, this weekend, this Father's Day weekend. Um, in the next movie, speaking of Father's Day weekend, is Father of the Bride. I dropped a ride, uh, at-home review of Father of the Bride yesterday. I so enjoyed this movie. So uh, the original Father of the Bride was like made in the 50s or something like that. And they remade it in the 80s slash 90s. I can't remember exactly when this movie came out. I want to say it was the 80s. Because uh, I remember watching it with the family. I remember renting it from Blockbuster. Uh, that's how long ago it came out. And Steve Martin, Martin Short, uh, just uh, it was it was like one of those like typical '80s Americana. Everything works out in the end type of Full House type movies. I feel like. Uh, and Steve Martin was just electric in this movie. He brought that Steve Martin-ness to the role. Uh, so when I heard that they were re, uh, remaking this movie again um, with a Latin twist, you know, you had Andy Garcia, Gloria Estefan, and a bunch of other actors who I've never heard of, never seen before, but they were all fantastic. It was such a, it was so, uh, and I said it in the at-home review, I, I said it, I equated this not really Father of the Bride, but more like Crazy Rich Hispanics. It reminded me more of Crazy Rich Asian, Asians uh, with the with the Latin twist uh, than it did Father of the Bride. But it had a lot of heart. Like it, it was uh, all of the characters you cared about. Um, it, it was like a real life story, but like kind of with this you know, almost elitist twist, you know, um, and I really, I, I just really enjoyed it. Everyone was fantastic, and, and I can't gush more about Gloria Estefan than I probably did in my ride home, uh, my at-home review. 
Um, I remember growing up having a huge crush on Gloria Estefan and Lisa Lisa from the Cult Jam. <laughs> uh, from Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam. And, and like seeing Gloria Estefan to this day, still gorgeous, even though, you know, she's a little bit older, um, but still beautiful. Like she was just magnetic on the screen. Like uh, I enjoyed her character. I enjoyed her acting. And Andy Garcia is Andy Garcia. He's going to always bring it. Uh, he was fantastic in this movie. You could tell, um, you could see him unhinged, like, uh, you could see him, you know, becoming more unhinged as the movie goes on because he's losing his daughter. Um, it had, like, this really modern, uh, you know, <laughs> gender, uh, you know, this really modern twist of uh, of how marriages come about and how, like, uh, I don't want to give anything in the movie away, but it, it was very millennial uh, in its ex execution. And it was also very, it was shot very old school. It had that old school Miami, um, you know, it had that classic, uh, you know, art style direction to it. Uh, but it also was very modern. I, I really enjoyed uh, the way the, f the film was made. I, I'm in, I enjoyed how authentic it was. Um, to the culture, to that Miami culture, to the Latin culture, uh, you know, with Andy Garcia's character being Cuban and, the, you know, uh, daughter's fiance being Mexican, like the, that clash of Latin culture, the clash of Hispanic culture. Uh, it was it was awesome. Like it, it was good to see. And you can tell uh, that the, the people who made this movie really wanted it to be uh, it really wanted to be that. And, and I enjoyed that part of the movie. And, and you know, I hope more people do um, and not just bash it because it's not, you know, uh, Steve Martin's American, uh, you know, Americanized father of the bride. It, wa it was what it was. Um, I, I, I think it was a fantastic movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, last movie I watched, um, I thought that this was going to be I, I, I saved it for last. Um, because it, it just came out yesterday on, on Netflix. Uh, also, I'm sorry, Father the Bride is streaming on HBO Max. Uh, you can check out Father the Bride on HBO Max. Uh, yeah, that it started streaming on Friday as well, or Thursday night. Uh, but the last movie I, I, I want to review is a Netflix original. Um, it's based on a short story, Escape from Spiderhead. Uh, it is entitled Spiderhead. Um, so I knew absolutely nothing about this movie going into it. I remember doing my summer movie review and it had a little uh, blurb about it. And, and uh, the site that I was, uh, you know, getting my the movies from my list of movies from. And I couldn't remember what the blurb was because I don't think I read it. I just saw it star uh, Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth. And I was already in. Like that's and then it started Journey Smollett and that young woman has grown up to be such a beautiful young lady. Um, she's she is a fantastic actress. I remember seeing her in Roll Bounce, uh, which is one of my low key favorite movies of all time. Like I love Roll Bounce. Not a big fan of Bow Wow, but it's such a good movie. Roll Bounce is such a good movie. Such a feel good old school story, um, but. Uh, Journey Smollett, uh, you know, not to be confused with Juicy Smollett. Uh, uh, you know, she's she's grown into a beautiful, fantastic young uh, young actress, and in this movie it was no different. But this movie was really not that good. Um, so once again, I went into the movie with no prior knowledge of what's going on, what it's really about. I knew it was about, you know. Um, uh, they took people from, you know, pen, the penitentiary and put them in like some high tech um, new age prison, I guess, uh, where they were performing experiments. I didn't know what kind of experiments they were until you get into the movie. Right. And once you start watching the movie, you immediately kind of don't understand what's going on, but you kind of do understand what's going on. Chris Hemsworth plays this, you know, uh, the, the warden, so to speak, of this prison uh, where they're testing these drugs on uh, these inmates who have to comply. Um, and it becomes a, a story of 
the age-old story and the heavy-handed uh, Hollywood telling of, you know, this quest for free will or what does free will mean? What does, you know, what does being controlled mean? Like in Hollywood, 99% of the time gets this wrong uh, because it's, they usually have these super heavy-handed messages uh, of, of you know, the importance of free will, which uh, does exist. I mean, yes, you have, you have the right to make any decision you want, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, but this movie just, I think, in the execution, just poorly executed everything about what was supposed to happen. Uh, initially, when, I, when, I, when it first began, I thought the Clockwork Orange. And then midway through, I was like, I'm disrespecting the Clockwork Orange uh, by comparing it to this movie. Because ne- these two movies are not the same. Uh, Clockwork Orange is a, is a cinematic classic. Uh, it's very weird. It was very ahead of its time when it came out. This movie is not that. It's not... Uh, it's not reverent. It's not innovative. Um, Chris Hemsworth. I don't like him not being Chris Hemsworth. I don't like him not being Thor. How about that? Uh, any movie he's not Thor in. Uh, he's a funny dude, and this was not a funny movie. I think he's really. I think his comedic timing is impeccable. It. It. it his charm is undeniable. He has like this magnetic personality, and I think this character was not right for him at all um and miles teller somehow managed to look like a tween again like i I said in top gun maverick he looked like an adult man uh but in this movie he somehow uh you know maybe this movie was made you know before top gun uh was made but he somehow looked like a tween again i don't know what it is about miles teller is uh he like he just needs to keep the mustache on his face and keep that cut you know that military cut uh, but anyways, I, I did not enjoy Spiderhead. It had a twist at the end um, that I honestly didn't see coming. I didn't. I, I don't think I cared enough to to you know get to that point of of seeing the ending uh, because I really I kind of lost interest midway through the movie because there was so many twists in this movie. Uh, I kind of didn't know it was real, but I, I honestly didn't care. I thought like. A lot of these movies try to outsmart themselves by trying to give you this just this uh, M. Night Shyamalan type twist. And I thought that that's what they were trying to do. So I kind of lost interest because um, I don't need that. I don't need that in every movie. Every movie doesn't have to have that Fight Club twist or that Sixth Sense twist. Um, Sometimes you can just make a straightforward movie um, with straightforward dialogue. Uh, and, and come to a logical conclusion. This movie uh, did not. This movie came to a very uh, surreal and, and unrealistic conclusion. Um, and I didn't enjoy it. Uh, so this, you know, uh, yeah, Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller, you, and, and I can tell they tried. They tried to do something innovative. They wanted to make this, you know, not your standard blockbuster, you know, fair. Uh, but this movie just kind of didn't work to me. Uh, really didn't. Um, so, and this is one of the, the and, and some people might love this movie. Some people might like it and say it is all those things. It is innovative. Uh, it's, you know, groundbreaking. It's, it, it's a good movie. I just, I don't think it was. Um, and I tried. I gave it. I gave it a chance because I really enjoy all of the actors in this movie. Um, but somewhere towards the beginning slash middle, it kind of lost me um, because uh, it just didn't make any sense, you know. And and you know, give it a try. You know, everybody's gonna watch what they want to watch. Um, but I would love to hear some feedback on on Spiderhead and. How good you think it was or, you know, how great you think it was or how terrible you you thought it was. But, yeah, those are the movies I uh, watched this week. I I have a lot of movies that I need to watch as I was doing my research for, you know, my top 10 movies of the year so far. I realized I've missed a lot of movies. So there's five movies that I have for homework this week. 
um, that I have to watch that a lot of people, and by people I mean critics, Rotten Tomatoes, and just some some things I've read and I've heard, uh, you know, on social media. Five movies that I really want to watch. They're obscure. Um, uh, that you know, uh, one being Master that's on Amazon Prime. I, I I have heard a lot about that. I'm not. It takes a lot for me to watch movies like this. I heard it's a horror movie, but it's about white supremacy. It's about classism, elitism. Uh, not can't say I'm really a fan. It's a horror, so I do want to watch it. Uh, and this stars Regina Hall, who I completely adore. I think she's one of the most underrated actresses, you know, of this generation. Uh, she's fantastic, gorgeous, uh, young actress, young actress, and I say that, and I think she's my age. Um, also, another movie on my homework list: we are we we are all going to the World's Fair. Another obscure horror movie, The Sadness, another obscure uh, Taiwanese horror movie that I've heard is like really depraved and, and uh, you know, uh, it's, a, it's supposed to be like a zombie movie, but not a zombie movie. Um, <clears throat> After Yang, that stars Colin, Colin Farrell. Um, I've, heard, I've seen good reviews on this and Pleasure, a movie about the adult film industry. Uh, those are the five movies that I that I want to watch this week. Um, I also want to watch Memory with Liam Neeson. That's that's streaming now, so I want to catch that uh, and see what that's all about. That's another movie that uh, uh, that uh, uh, kind of came on my radar. I almost went to the movies and saw, but I think uh, I think Christine was sick that week, uh, so I didn't I didn't want to leave the house. Then of course I caught COVID right after that. Um, so before we get into the top 10 movies, you know, I always have to have my honorable mentions. Uh, so some honorable mentions, uh, some good movies that came out so far this year. You know, we had Deep Water that that came out on Hulu um, with Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas, Anna de Armas, Armas, uh, who was fantastic in the in James Bond movie, No Time to Die. She is just when she's on the screen she's she just she's radiant um uh but her character was so toxic like this was this was probably one of the most depressing movies of the year because it was just like two it's like amber heard and johnny depp just two completely toxic people dragging each other down in marriage that's what deep water was like it was it was just the most toxic relationship you can find these two people were just making it happen um and it was just disgusting almost but it was a good movie though depressing but good another uh honorable mention we got chippendale rescue rangers and turning red my daughter loved turning red i fell asleep midway through it i woke up towards the end and it had a really heartfelt ending um I've seen some people online, uh, a few of the, of the religious zealots out there, you know, uh, bashing this movie, you know, because it talked about the young girl having a period. Um, you know, she had a crush on a boy band. It was like, this is too grown up. Like, like I, I knew all of that going in. Uh, and usually, honestly, my daughter, when she watches movies, if it doesn't catch her in the first 10 minutes, She's going to turn it off. And I thought she would. And she did. She turned it off the first time. But then for some reason, she gave it another chance and she loved it. My wife loved it. Uh, like I said, I fell asleep midway through it. I woke up. It had a really heartfelt ending. And it was a, a good a good family movie. You know, a good ending, good family movie. Um, I definitely would recommend it. Uh, but make sure you stay awake the whole movie. Chippendale's Rescue Rangers kind of a you know ode to the ogs like me my kids loved it but it was i think it was more made for the people who watch disney afternoons um and it was a good movie uh of course i feel like every movie today seems to be mired in some random controversy uh of course this one being you know the the peter pan uh aspect of it that i spoke about on the, on the podcast last week i think it was 
Uh, and it was just kind of ridiculous, but it was a good movie. You know, if you're an OG like me who watched Disney Afternoons and, and loved Tailspin and loved Chippendale's Rescue Rangers and DuckTales and Darkwing Duck, uh, if you enjoy those, you will enjoy Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. All right, and the last honorable mention uh, before we get into the top 10 is Scream, right? So Scream has been done. This was the fifth one of the franchise. Sydney Prescott gets brought back to Riverdale or wherever, whatever, uh, whatever uh, the name of that town was uh, because Ghostface Killer was back. And it was a meta reboot with all of this new uh, new fangle or nuance to it um and it was very bloody uh and and i read that they they of course they greenlit another sequel because this one made money and it was a good movie um but the next one is supposed to be the goriest of them all uh this one was pretty damn gory like it, that was the one thing these killings in this movie was so visceral and so like like bloodletting and painful like like you felt pain you felt the pain you know how in these slasher movies like you feel like it's just like this it it's supposed to be this innovative death but like it doesn't feel like the person uh exudes any type of pain it's just like it's more of a shock thing in those movies no this one was like yo i'm gonna kill you and like you, these people are like fight, they're clinging for that last bit of life, but Ghostface is just gonna take it. As with all of the other screen movies, I never remember who the killer are, the killers are, uh, because you know Billy Loomis and the other dude Matthew Lillard. I have no idea what his name, the name of his character was. Um, those two, like, you don't beat the original scream, uh, you know, twist. You, do, you just don't beat it. Every movie now has two killers. It's never one dude. It's always two dudes. This one was no different. Um, and it was a good movie, but it definitely didn't make my top 10. Uh, there hasn't been, you know, that many movies that really awed me um, this year. There have been a really good slate of movies. So I'm going to go down my top 10 and I'm going to start with... The letter X, which is the Roman numeral 10. Ah. So A24 has become this art house, artsy movie making company, and they make the fancy horror movies. X was not a fancy horror movie. It was shot beautifully. Uh, it was it was this really weird tale of, of you know, growing old, becoming lonely, uh, trying to recapture your youth. Uh, told through the lens of psychotic killers. Um, it, it is a very dark, uh, very dank-premised movie. You know, a group of nubile young uh, auteurs, as we say, uh, wanted to film a porn in, you know, rural Texas in the 60s or 70s. Um, and it goes haywire because... They stumble upon, you know, they stumble upon the farm of these this elderly couple um, who might be crazed and psychotic. And they were. Uh, and, you know, I kept thinking to myself, how are these old people? And they were like um, really old. What I found out was after because I kept thinking, like, who played the elderly lady? I found out the elderly lady was played by the main protagonist of this movie put in prosthetic makeup, which really elevated the movie to me because it all made sense. There was a scene in X where the young female protagonist goes into the house and sees the elderly lady, a picture of her, and she looked very similar to her. I didn't catch on. But come to find out, she was playing the elderly lady in makeup. I found that out after I came home. Actually, after I, I wrapped up the podcast, I did a little more research on this movie. Because at the end of the movie, uh, I walked out of the theater, but it had a post-credit scene. Didn't know about this at all, uh, which is kind of upsetting. And this is, I think this is when I used to, uh, 
you know, record the podcast, at, you know, after midnight, after I would come home from watching these movies, I would just come home and just go straight to recording. Um, but yeah, X had a post credit scene and they're making a sequel about the elderly lady and her husband, um, you know, when they were younger, which is very in the name of the movie is Pearl because the elderly lady's name was Pearl. Um, and I thought that was very uh, A24, man. You guys, you guys are getting it right with these horror movies. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And I'm really interested to see where they go with that sequel. Uh, and I want to see. I don't think it's coming out this year. It might be coming out next year. Uh, but X was a really, it was, a, it was, you know, not too innovative because it's a slasher movie. But, of course, bringing in the, it was very creepy. It was very, um, uncom- it made you uncomfortable. There's some very uncomfortable scenes in X. Uh, but I always say you get what you deserve because you decided to watch a movie about a group of porn stars getting killed by, you know, an elderly couple. So you should get any surprise that you deserve for watching this movie. And there are a few that come in there. And in the movie theater, I felt uncomfortable because it was so disgusting. Uh, but there it was, X, my number 10, the Roman numeral, Roman numeral 10, uh, X, pretty solid horrible horror movie. I'm going to move on. Number nine, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, This movie was just a fun buddy comedy movie. Pedro Pascal, who has become like the it guy in Hollywood Um, this year, last year, you know, uh, The Mandalorian. uh, He's in this movie. Nick Cage plays Nick Cage in all of his Nick Cage glory. It was just a fun action movie it was silly the premise was silly but both of these actors just put everything into it and you can just tell it it just seemed like everybody who was on this movie had a great time filming it uh it was a really good movie i enjoyed it uh it makes it as my number nine my number eight is hustle i spoke about it earlier um hustle was a really good movie if you love basketball uh if you like Adam Sandler, you're going to love this movie. So I'm going to move on. I've already gushed about Hustle enough. Uh, number seven on my list was Fresh. I reviewed this movie a few months ago. Uh, it's a dark um, psychological thriller slash horror uh, about, you know, meat, human meat. There you go. That's all you need to know. It's about meat. It's about human meat. Sebastian Stan, Mr. Winter Soldier himself, uh, uh, plays a guy who, who, you know, seduces this young woman and calamity ensues. It is very weird. It's very different. It's very good. It's a good movie. It's on Hulu. If you've not seen Fresh, you should watch Fresh. Like, everybody should watch Fresh. You won't be disappointed. Uh, number six, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I wish I could have put it higher on my list, but it just wasn't as good as I, I expected it to be. It was a Marvel movie. Marvel always brings it. Uh, but nah, it just it just was like it was a good movie. It was a Sam Raimi movie. I really enjoy Sam Raimi movies, um, but I think the hype surpassed what I what I thought it could be. I think it was so heavily hyped, and maybe I hyped it up in my mind so much that I thought it was going to be the best movie of the year, and it wasn't. Uh, it was it was a great movie. Don't get me wrong; it was a good movie. I enjoyed it, um, but uh, there were just it wasn't enough. If that makes any sense, the cameos, uh, the cameos, the Illuminati. Oh, my God. Let's talk about I don't think I've spoke about the Illuminati. John Krastansky, Jim from The Office, Mr. Fantastic. The fan, I, I'm if they cast Emily Blunt as the, the invisible woman like the, the dirt sheets are saying, I'm so in. 
Seriously, I don't care who you cast the Human Torch unless they cast Chris Evans again. Uh, that would be just amazing. Uh, but John Krasinski, he looked, he looked the part. He looked so dope on the screen. Uh, Monica Rambeau as Captain Marvel. I thought that was cool. Black Bolt was in the movie. I thought that was cool. Um, Professor X. Baron Mordo, um, and then we had Captain Carter. That was a really dope touch uh, with, uh, you know, Peggy Carter showing up, that what if uh, kind of spin to it. The Illuminati was dope. Like, that That was a really, I think that was the best part of the movie to me. Um, I didn't see that coming. I did know Professor X was in it. I thought they were going to kind of throw some mutant stuff in there. Uh, but they did it big with the Illuminati. Um, really cool touch. Uh, everything else about the movie I just thought was a little underwhelming. Scarlet Witch was pretty dope, but uh, at the same time, I think that that was an underwhelming part. Um, I think it could have went more psychological, but it stayed big. Stayed big budget. Um, everything with uh, Christine Taylor in it, like every scene with her. I didn't enjoy it. I don't. I don't really like Rachel McAdams in in that role. In this, uh, like, I got it, but I'm glad they moved on from it, and I'm glad you know that post credit scene with uh, Charlize Theron. Um, I'm glad that was in there, so we know that we're gonna move on from the whole Rachel McAdams saga. She kind of reminds me of Natalie Portman, just a character who's there. Um, who just doesn't bring much if it anything at all to the to the role to the to the character uh just kind of like a paint by numbers person um who plays the love interest who you really find no reason to really um believe that somebody can love them cuz it's so one dimensional I feel like but I digress uh, Doctor Strange came and went it wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be uh but it, it is in the top 10 movies of the year because it's a Marvel movie. Um, number five, The Lost City, right? So my man Channing Tatum just always is good in whatever he does. Like he, he just has this kind of charisma, uh, this kind of thing that he does. Um, and he's just cool. Brad Pitt's in this movie. Sandra Bullock. Bullock was amazing. Danny Radcliffe, I really like, like, I usually like anything he's in. He doesn't really pick too many bad roles. Um, and Lost City was no different. I, I thought it was like, you know, I went into it with very low expectations and it surprised the hell out of me. It was a really good movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. Like I said uh, in the review, it's, uh, you know, it brings that romance in the stone, jewel in the Nile vibe. Uh, and I love those movies growing up. Those those action adventure romantic comedies, uh, it just works. It was a it was a good movie. Lost City, I really enjoyed it. Um, we're gonna move on. Number four, The Adam Project. Th this movie doesn't get enough love, and I think it's because Netflix movies come in in, in so they come so rapidly. Um, the movies like the, a movie will hit the top ten in Netflix. And then the next week it's not. And then you never hear about it again. Like the old guard. I thought the old guard was great. It was it was like zeitgeist for like a week. And then you never nobody talks about it again, right? And the and the Adam Project, I think I think that did it a disservice. Had it been in theaters, I think, you know, people would have went out to see it for sure. It was a really good sci-fi movie. It drew on a lot of different sci-fi genres, time travel, space travel, um, you know, uh, just the future technology. Um, it was a dope movie. Um, had Zoe Saldana, who I, who I adore. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, always great. Uh, and the kid, Walker Scoble, like he was fantastic in this movie, um, playing a young Ryan Reynolds. Uh, just just a good movie. Mark Ruffalo was in the movie. Jen, Jennifer Garner, like everyone in this movie, it looked like they had like one of those movies that's good, but it looks like everyone had a great time filming it. They enjoyed it. 
and Ennis showed. Um, it was a really good movie. I, I I enjoyed this movie so much, um, and that's why I made number four on my list. Ryan Reynolds is always fantastic, um, but in a movie where he didn't try so hard to be Ryan Reynolds, you know, uh, he he actually was the character who was essentially a futuristic ver- version of Ryan Reynolds, who was also a genius. Anyways, moving on, and, and he played a pilot, which leads us to our number three, Top Gun Maverick, right? So uh, everyone really, really, uh, you know, is applauding this movie, and rightfully so. The movie was a good movie. It reminded me more of, like, Iron Eagle than it did, like, Top Gun. I don't know why, um, but it was a really good movie. Um, everyone is gushing about it. The fact that it came 30 plus years after the original and it still was good says a lot about Tom Cruise and his his quest for excellence, um, which is a little questionable. <laughs> uh, but um, the movie had so Miles Teller looked like a full blown adult. It had my man Lawrence in there. Uh, which is a big deal to me, honestly. I think that was a bigger deal uh, than anything, and I'm glad he didn't die. I was speaking to someone, and I can't remember who it was, and they were just talking about the fact that, oh, it was my cousin Dell. Yeah, we were having this conversation. He's like, somebody should have died. And that makes sense, given that mission that they flew, but uh, the fact that no one did, and it was just like it was so 80s because no one dies in the 80s. Well, Goose did die, uh, but that was some that was some freak accident stuff. That wasn't during the mission, you know. That was a that was a freak accident, freak training accident. There we go. Uh, but Top Gun Maverick, a feel good action romp that kind of took you back to the days where, you know, everybody made it and everybody did. No spoilers. You knew that was going to happen. No, Maverick didn't die. He flew off into the sunset at the very end. And Jennifer Connelly, golly, this woman, man. You know, she's finally aged. I feel like Jennifer Connelly hasn't aged. Uh, I I feel like she ages like Wolverine because I feel like Jennifer Connelly had looked the exact same um, for the last, like, 50 years, 40 years, she was in uh, she was in Labyrinth, I think it was, uh, and she didn't age until now, and she still looks amazing. Um, so there's that, and I feel like they might have aged her so she didn't look that much younger than Tom Cruise, even though there's a huge age gap, um, or maybe not that huge, because both of them might be vampires who don't age uh, who age, you know, uh, every hundred years. Um, that is a very strong possibility, but uh, I felt like, you know, they made her, they tried to make her look older and more rugged so she didn't look like a young, you know, uh, 40-year-old when when Tom Cruise is like in his 70s. Like he's in the 60s, you know. He, he had been in the, the, the Navy for 30-plus years, you know. But anyways, I digress. Top Gun Maverick, my number three movie, my number two movie, and this is going to shock some because a lot of people have this as their number one movie. My number two movie of 2022 so far is The Batman. Um, The Batman did a lot of things right. It did a few things wrong. It was just a little too long. Uh, The Riddler, I thought was fantastic. I love what they did with the character. I love that whole detective feel. It really felt like seven. It had that David Fincher, you know, really uh, dark, grimy, gritty feel to it. I enjoy Batman. Um, Zoe Kravitz was, was amazing as Catwoman. Colin Farrell was a revelation as the Penguin. I thought that that was probably the best character of the entire movie. Um, Colin Farrell with all that makeup um, and his character was just dope. Uh, it was just a grimy underground guy who, who manipulated a lot of people to get to where he is. Uh, John Turturro, forever great. Uh, like John Turturro, 
perhaps you know in my in in my top ten of all actors of all time. Uh, he is fantastic. He was fantastic. Carmine, Carmine Falcone is like one of those big characters that you knew existed in the in the Batman lore, um, but would never never deserved. Uh, as much screen time as he got, but because it was John Turturro, he owned it. He owned every inch of the screen. Um, Robert Pattinson is hands down the best Batman we've ever seen. He's perhaps hands down the worst Bruce Wayne we've ever seen. Uh, but as Batman, when he's in that suit, I got it. The boots, the walk up, you know, the terror, the fear. I really love the way they did that. Um, how they set that tone really early in the movie, uh, and and you know how the Riddler played that the you know polar opposite. A few misses on the movie was it was just too long, and I didn't really like that whole Joker thing. I didn't like the look of the Joker. Uh, I and of course you know the Batman franchise loves to prove people wrong. They very rarely, you know, misstep when it came to Joker. And I'm talking about the Batman franchise. We're not going to talk about Jared Leto. We're not going to talk about Suicide Squad. That was an abomination. Um, but I'm talking about the Batman franchise itself. You talk about uh, Jack Nicholson. You talk about, uh, uh, of course, the late, great Heath Ledger um, and Barry Cogan. Um, I get it. Uh, I see how they tried to change the facial um, you know, features just so we can have a different version of of the Joker. And maybe I need to see it in a full-length movie. Maybe I need to see it in the Batman Part 2. Um, no Man's Land, that has to happen. Uh, you know, I'm going to scream that from the mountaintops. Uh, but, yeah, I wasn't really feeling that. I haven't, I've, I haven't watched that, that uh, deleted scene with the Joker in it. I don't think I want to. Because I don't want it to ruin it for me. So, if the Batman's number two, if Top Gun's number three, uh, you know, and Doctor Strange is number six, what's my number one movie? The best movie of 2022 so far. I said it when I reviewed this movie. I remember reviewing this movie right after I saw the Batman. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. The best multiverse movie of the year. I said it was going to be that before Doctor Strange came out. I just had this weird feeling. Um, and it was. Uh, this was the best movie. Michelle Yeoh's a boss. Um, it, was, it had everything. It had action. It had humor. It had drama. It had love. It had heart. It had feeling. It was so... It, it's such an amazing movie. It's so weird. Like, it's so nuanced. Jamie Lee Curtis uh, has one of her best performances and ages in this movie. Um, it is so, like, it had so much heart. It has so much feeling. It has so much family. It had so much love. Um, uh, the filmmakers who made this movie, they made this movie with love. You can feel it. You felt it through the movie. It was a movie about nothing. It was a movie about the multiverse. It was a movie about, you know, family. It was a movie about decisions. It was a movie about, you know, growing up. It was a movie about letting go. It was a movie about life. It was a movie about death. It was a movie about everything, everywhere, all at once. It was it was so phenomenal uh, how they did it, the way they did it, the way they stole uh, told a story, um, you know, jumping from universe to universe, telling these parallel stories all at once. And Michelle Yeoh held this movie together. She's so brilliant. She's so beautiful. She's so uh, physically gifted to tell to tell this story. She's probably one of the only actresses on this planet who could have pulled off what they pulled off in this movie. You have this middle-aged Asian woman whose life gets upended by her husband in a parallel universe, um, you know, and it just tells this fantastic story of family that's so uh, out of this world, but at the same time, the story that me and you know, uh, the story of our family, the story of the family you know down the street, the you know, uh, it tells such a simple story, but in such an extravagant way, 
made on such a tight budget, made with so much care, so much love, great, great script. It's now streaming. Please, you know, if you get a chance to watch this movie, rent it now or wait for it to come out on HBO Max or or Stars or whatever channel it's coming out on. Um, but definitely give this movie a chance. It is it's so worth it. I enjoyed it. I laughed. I cried. I, I, I just, I, I, I mean, I had, I went through almost every range of range of emotion because you know I started off upset because I was like, man, where's this movie going? And when it got to where it was going, it, it just had this payoff that was just almost euphoric. It was, it was phenomenal, phenomenal movie. It definitely deserves to be my number one. It's gonna take a lot to take it off that list. I don't think any movie this year is going to knock it off, um, but we we'll see. You know, there's still some really good movies coming out. I, uh, uh, the second trailer of Nope came out, and and now I don't think it's going to be my like I I hope it makes my top ten, but I'm not really a. Uh, it was exactly what I thought it was about. It was about aliens, but but uh, Kiki Palmer, man, I think Kiki Palmer is about to just like body this role and really uh rise her stock in hollywood uh almost like daniel kaluuya did uh during get out i think kinky kiki palmer is about to take her uh take her stock to the next level with this movie uh and i mean i'm i'm waiting for that to come out that's gonna be a good one uh we got a lot more good movies uh coming out this year but it's gonna be it's gonna be hard pressed to beat uh everything everywhere all at once um, that that movie it 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 just it has so much you know it did so much in the time that it was it was on the screen uh, and it just the ending of it the ending was pro- perhaps one of the best endings uh, how it wrapped the story up that w- it was such a confusing story but how it wrapped everything up at the end uh, and it, it just did it beautifully it, I, I can't. I can't rave about this movie enough. Um, give it some time. Watch it. Try to understand it. You you will understand how great of a movie it is. Um, and if I missed the movie, uh, please, please, you know, put put some of your favorite movies. I know these are these were all kind of bigger movies. A few of them obscure, but uh, there there are a lot of them out there, man. And I and I want to watch. I want to start watching them. Right after I finish the entire series of This Is Us, I'm on season five. I'm almost done. I took a few days break, but I want to, you know, catch up on it. Want to catch up on. Uh, I want to watch the last two episodes of uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, Miss Marvel uh, has been fantastic so far. I love the I love the way that they're uh, making this show. Um, it, it's actually making me anticipate the Marvels a little more. Uh, which doesn't get spoke about at all. Um, and we'll see if uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, is better than Doctor Strange. I hope it is. I hope Marvel uh, isn't done. I hope they aren't done making great movies. I hope, uh, you know, No Way Home was an anomaly. Uh, I want to I wanna keep making great movies like that. So on that note, we're going to wrap up. Next week, we got some big movies next week. Um, the, the Black Phone comes out next week. Uh, I really want to see that. I'm really anticipating that. There's something else coming next week. Okay. I was about to end this podcast and I was trying to figure out what movie was coming out this week. <clears throat> and I had to Google it. So I went to Google for one second. And I typed movies coming out next week. So the movies that I want to see coming out next week uh elvis is coming out next week i already spoke about black phone marcel the shell with the shoes on uh really cute family movies coming out next week and what i just found out that has come out in theaters and it just got reviewed by roger ebert and i'm so upset that i actually looked close to i had to click on it to make sure it was real the witch Part two, the other one. So if anybody knows, I, I'm pretty sure I've spoke about the witch uh, subversion. 
and how great I thought that movie was, the action sequences, and I was waiting on the sequel, and every time I would Google and try to find out when the sequel was coming out, it kept saying it was coming out last year. It never came out last year. I'd never heard that they wrapped filming. I never heard any of that. But The Witch Part 2, the other one, has arrived in theaters in South Korea, so I have to find a way to watch this movie. I I must. I must. I have to find where they're playing it. I need to see if it's on my loyal fire stick right now. But The Witch Part 2, the other one, is out. Um, I'm so excited. I don't think I, like I enjoyed this movie so much. I wanted to see where they went with it. Uh, I, I'm not going to spoil anything with any of the review. The one review I saw was from Roger Ebert, Roger Ebert and it wasn't that flattering. Uh, the stars he gave it, but I don't trust anything that, that Roger Ebert says uh, because he's like 80 years old at this point. Uh, and he's seen so many movies, um, but I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited. The Witch Part 2, the other one. And my kids just came home, so we're definitely going to wrap up the podcast now. I know you hear them. You guys take it easy. I'll catch you next week.